Welcome to Bent Tree Church online service. My name is Paul Trimble and I'm the senior pastor at Bent Tree. Join with me as we remember our fallen military members who have died in defending our freedom as a nation on this Memorial Day weekend. And as we remember their families that continue to bear that cost for us. Well, if you're just joining us today for the first time or you've been with us a few times before, we're glad that you are here. We hope that you will join with us and make this church your home and maybe even become part of the family, an actual member of Bentry. Well, soon we'll be giving you some options to learn more about Bentry and to join as an official member. Well, for all of you Bent Tree folks, I want to say welcome. My, uh, I, I miss you, and I know you miss all of your Bent Tree family as well. I'm so glad you made this online gathering a priority. Thank you, really, thank you. It just encourages me to see you sign on and just say hello. In fact, go ahead and do that right now. Do that right now, and just type in a greeting and tell the church family hello. Reach out to someone specifically there, or just a general hello. That's so encouraging for all of us to know and see that we're all together. Here we go. I'm going to send one out. And if you haven't already, take a moment to invite your friends and your family to join with us right now. Let's do that right now. Well, we are in a series now called Genesis Volume 2, and we've heard from many of you how you have loved this series and that we will continue that series next week. But I felt led by God to take a one-week break from that series today and bring you a special message. Now, if you're new to the whole church thing, we would like uh, to you to know that we generally work through books of the Bible, just kind of verse by verse, but we also take a topic in Scripture at times and in our life, and this is one of those weeks where we kind of seek to understand how Scripture shows us how to live in relationship to a specific topic. Well, I want to get started, so let's go ahead and pray. Would you bow your head with me as we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, what a good God you are. You are so good to us. You are better to us than we are ourselves. You blessed us with life. You take care of our needs. God, you hear our prayer. And when we want something that is not in your plan, you say no. God, that's just hard for us to understand. But I do thank you for it that you want the best for us right here and right now and for all eternity. God, we pray for your Holy Spirit just to speak to us right now during this time as I preach and as we study your word, God. May you give us a new mind and a new heart. If there's something off in how we're thinking or acting, show us that. Show us how to live. It is in the name of Jesus Christ. We all prayed and said, amen. Well, the last two weeks, I didn't have you take any specific notes or fill in the blanks, but this week is going to be different, so let's go ahead and get those notes out. I'm going to be making up for lost time, just like everything in our lives, how we have done church has changed in the last few weeks, and I'm happy and thankful for the technology that we have and the ability to do online services together, but it's not the same, is it? as our, our regular services, but I'm thankful that we've been able to make it work and you've joined with me. 
What has not changed is our mission. We are still called to our mission, our purpose as a church body. Our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus Christ. We want to know that at the core of who we are. That is our mission. And we don't want to forget our mission. To share the hope of the gospel with the people in our lives. That's evangelism. Sharing our faith in Jesus Christ to a lost world in which we live. And once people have become followers of Christ, helping them to grow up into full spiritual mature believers, to walk alongside them as brothers and sisters in Christ, to help them become everything that God intended them to be in the first place. That's discipleship. Those two things are huge for us. If we miss either one of those, we are not doing the job of the church. Now remember, D3 is our focus this year. Disciplers, discipling disciples. What we cannot do, what we must not do, is to lose our focus of what Jesus is calling us to do. And that is to build the kingdom. That's what we exist for as a church. It's literally how we build the kingdom of Christ. And that is true whether or not we are in a pandemic or a recession or a war or natural catastrophe. Our job is to build the kingdom through evangelism and discipleship. So how do we do that right now in this world we're in? Well, as you uh, heard our executive pastor, Hunter, last week, and as you have been reading in our weekly emails, our church leaders have been working on plans to safely reopen and have in-person gatherings as well as continue our, uh, continue our online broadcast of our worship for those that can't attend. I'm looking forward to worshiping together with those of you who are able very soon. In fact, stay tuned uh, after our online gathering, this online gathering this morning, and we'll give you a short update on where we are at and how we are getting back together and when. By the way, thank you for your prayer for me, for our church leaders, as we work our way through just all the details Please continue praying along with me for wisdom as we seek God's direction and we seek his wise counsel for the church. Here's what I want to talk about with you. You have probably noticed a major source of divide in our country. People have strong opinions about everything, but what I want to do is to help us to think through, as Christ followers, how we should act, how we should live, especially in these strange times. As our state and local officials have given the green light to begin to the process of reopening our world, there tend to be two big groups that are at odds right now. Now, have you noticed this? Have you seen this in the, in the paper and on the news? On one side, you have the group that demands we follow social distancing and mask wearing and have everyone follow all the guidelines to the letter of the law and beyond. Their point is not a bad one. They say things like, to keep people safe, let's not take any risk. Everyone should stay home. Now, by the way, if you're wearing a mask inside your car alone as you drive, you can take that off. Yeah, I, I just thought I would let you know on that. 
that is one side of the divide though, right? Taking, uh, taking it very seriously. But on the other side are those that want to go back to normal or as normal as we can as fast as we can. These folks are concerned about the government limiting our freedoms. They want the freedom to wear a mask or not. They want the freedom to take the risk on themselves and not be told what to do. That's not a bad thing either because certainly we could lose our rights to free expression of worship if we're not vigilant. Now, understand, if you're like me, I find myself somewhere in the middle uh, on who, depending on who I'm with and where I am. I can see both sides. We, we have medical professionals that are working so hard literally around the clock to keep us safe. At the same time, there are some areas that I'm pretty concerned about with the government uh, dictating what the church can and cannot do. Now, on either side of this divide, I've heard some pretty intense points made by Christians that seem to forget that we are Christians first. They seem to forget that our job as a church is to share the gospel and make disciples. And I've had a lot of folks come to me and ask, Paul, how do we respond to either side or somewhere in the middle? So as believers in Christ Jesus, let's walk through this together, the Bible together. First, we must hold on to the idea above all else. The Apostle Paul reminds us of our true identity. Let's start there. He says this in Galatians 3, 26. For through faith, you are all sons of God in Christ Jesus. For those of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. There is no Jew or Greek slave free male and female since you are all one in christ jesus and if you belong to christ then you are abraham's seed heirs according to the promise this is good news we need to grab onto this if we are in christ and we are saved by his and through his atoning work on the cross we have a new identity So here's what we need to understand. Our true identity should be found in Christ. Our true identity should be found in Christ. Oh, please get that down at the heart of who you are as a believer. That we are his, that we are part of a family of brothers and sisters, Christians, believers. That is our identity. Yes, I'm a Coloradoan. Yes, I am of Scottish ancestry. Yes, I am an American citizen. But my true identity is that I was once lost in my sin, headed to hell. But then Jesus found me and called me to spiritual life through the message and power of the gospel. My true identity is really that I am a Christian, a Christ follower. I am one of the elect. If you are too, let me see a big amen right now. Just a whole bunch of those little, little hearts or thumbs up. And all of us together, we find our identity in the church, the group. We are part of the body of Christ on earth. So when we make points about where we think the country should go in this pandemic, 
Start with your identity as a Christ follower. Second thing I want you to uh, just be reminded of this morning. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. Now you hear me say this a lot because it's true. The Bible teaches that God is sovereign. He controls my life and yours. I don't think that I can get sick and die unless he says it's time for me to get sick and die. So I don't have to operate in fear of death. I can relax knowing that he is in control. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 says this, In him, Christ Jesus, we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. Oh, this should bring us great comfort. Let me just check and see if you're listening. How much does he, Jesus, work out uh, for those in him? Talking about Christians. It says, for a believer who is in Christ Jesus, that he, Jesus, works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. Don't miss this. God's sovereignty means that he, his will, he has a purpose, that he is working it all out, everything to his purpose and his plan, his will. Does that mean that bad things will come? Yes, it means that. Now wait, isn't God sovereign? Yes. How come Satan continues to kill, steal, and destroy if God is sovereign? Because God can even use all that stuff for his good and uh, our good and his glory to achieve his plan. That's what sovereignty means. He's in control. Even if Satan means it for bad, God will use it for good. That means that we can rest in God's plan even when the worst happens. I know if I get COVID-19 and get sick and die, God could let that happen in his plan, in his sovereignty. For Christians, even when the unspeakable happens, we must trust his providence, his purposes, even when I don't understand, even when I don't like them. Because he is God, he is sovereign, and I'm not either of those things. Third thing I want to remind us of this morning. You ready for this? Our government is placed there by God. Our government is placed there by God. Jot that down. It's good for us to remember this. That doesn't mean we have to like it. That doesn't mean we, we shouldn't try to change and improve it and vote what we feel God calling us to vote for, right? Listen, I'm no fan of government. I usually think the smaller the government, the better. <laughs> like, if you think the government can run things better, I would think uh, that we only need to look at the post office as an example of how that uh, might work out. Uh, if you're a work for the post office, I'm sorry. 
I, I hate many of the things of our government and what it has done. I, I have an opinion about everything in the government, and yet government has a function. It has a purpose and a role because I read and study Scripture like the one in Romans 13, 1 through 3, that says, Christians, let everyone submit to the governing authorities since there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are instituted by God. So then, the one who resists the authority is opposing God's command. And those who oppose it will bring judgment on themselves. For the rulers are not a, a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Do you want to be unafraid of the one in authority? Do what is good and you will have its approval. We are clearly to submit to the government. Now, to me, that says, under normal circumstances, we should follow the authorities that God has allowed to govern us, govern us because he has put them in place. Now, what is so interesting is that Paul is writing this under the rule of Nero, the tyrannical ruler of Rome. He's saying, saying, follow the laws of the government, and we think that's true. That is until the authorities begin to break God's law. Now, for instance, if we live in Germany in 1942, we would break the German law that demanded we hand over our Jewish neighbors and friends to be taken to a concentration camp and killed. I have personally worshipped in secret churches with Christ followers in countries where they face prison times if they were caught together with other Christians with a Bible worshipping God. Now, for sure, we should break those laws as well because they violate the clear teaching of Scripture. And I broke those laws. But what we are facing right now is hard because there are different opinions of what we should do as a society. I want to remind you of a couple of things about our church. Write this down. Pray for the unity of the church. We should always do that, but I want to say it right now. Pray for the unity of our church. This is what we can be doing as a church. I mean that. Pray for it. This is the area where disunity out there in the world could have a devastating impact if we're not careful and guard against it coming into the church. So how do we do that? How do we guard against that problem out there coming in? Here it is. Work for the unity of the church. Do something. Work for the unity of the church. Are you with me? You with me on this? Because this is what we're here for, especially those of you who have a very strong opinion one way or another about anything in our society. By the way, strong opinions are not bad opinions. They may be right, but here's how you can make your opinions work for the unity of the church. Before you speak, before you post on social media those strong opinions, ask yourself these questions. Number one, does my opinion agree with God's word, the Bible? Before you post, 
before you do anything, does my opinion agree with God's word, the Bible? Because if your opinion doesn't line up with God's opinion, then you know who's wrong. (laughs) And it ain't God. That takes some study. That takes knowing the Bible, doesn't it? It takes going through it with other believers. Make sure that you can stand on scriptural ground for your opinions and not what you, you just think how you should act and feel. Because no matter how you feel, if your feelings don't match up with what God says, it's your feelings and your opinions that are off, not God's word. The apostle Peter tells us this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. Above all, you know this, no prophecy of Scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation, because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is an important theological note. It should affect how we live our life. The Latin term sola scriptura means scripture alone is our source of truth. And we believe that at Bentry, that we submit our opinion to God's word to see how we should act on it. Now, second thing we should do before we share our opinion or post it with the world, ask yourself, is this opinion helping promote the unity of my church in my attitude of how I'm presenting it? Do you see what I mean? Look at the second way. Ask yourself, can I share my opinion with a humble heart, considering others more important than myself? Can I share my opinion with a humble heart, considering others more important than myself? This is a strong spiritual scriptural basis consider others opinions and their feelings as more important than your own this one is difficult for me i must admit what this does is to allow for our own humility and gives us a love for our brothers and sisters in in the church the apostle paul tells us this in philippians chapter 2 verse 3 he says do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit But in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. Ooh, this gets right at my pride. If you could come in with that attitude, it will protect, it will build the unity of the church. And the last one I want to ask you to consider is this. Before you submit your opinion, write this down. Does my opinion match the mission, vision, and values of my church? Does my opinion match the mission, vision, and values of my church? And if it doesn't, can I still live with this disagreement without anger or resorting to gossip? That's so important because that is where the enemy can really get kind of a foothold in and damage the body of Christ, can damage the church. Now, hear me clearly. That does not mean that the leadership of the church does not want to hear from you and to hear your opinion. No, 
We want to hear from you. We want to hear your opinion. But here's what I've also learned personally. Leaders most of the time have already considered an idea that I have. And they've chosen to go a different way for a very good reason. That's what I've found out. Plus, our leaders are working hard to get our actions to match with what God says and what we believe our calling from God to be, evangelism and discipleship. Here's something else that I've learned just personally. Once a decision has been made and we are pursuing that decision as a body, we have to be extremely careful in our speech to others. We don't want to accidentally undermine God's plan and introduce gossip or disunity in the church. What I'm asking for is unity in the body, even when you don't fully agree. But if you do talk to if you do disagree, talk to your shepherding elder or our executive pastor Hunter or me. We take our role very seriously. Leaders at Bentry take their role seriously because they are held at a higher standard of accountability to God. The author of Hebrews says this in chapter 13, verse 17. They say, obey your leaders and submit to them since they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account so that they can do this with joy and not with grief. For that would be unprofitable for you. This is an important thing to understand, that these leaders are in place by God's hand. Now, let me be clear. I don't see this, any of this as a problem in our church right now. God has given our church family an uncommon level of unity. <laughs> I can honestly say that I have not been a member of a church that has had this level of commitment and this level of vision to, uh, and unity around that commitment and vision. At the same time, I just know the divide that we see in our country and in our world as we reopen, and I want to prepare us and get us ready as we have services in person because some of that dissension could come into our church and we need to be ready for it. Are you with me? Please know that our leaders are working hard to prayerfully consider all the options and to honor our governing authorities at the same time. And that one is not easy because the governing authorities are not always clear on what the rule of law is or is this just a suggestion. And even depending on who you, you ask, it's not always clear which governing, governing official or document that we're supposed to follow. We think we have all that in place now after a lot of work. And please realize, the leaders of the church are going to get some things wrong and will have to make some course corrections along the way. By the way, that's a mark of a good leader, not a bad one. Our church leadership is going to take some risk. And if you, uh, you might not have taken these risks, and some uh, may say, why don't you take this risk in, in another way? I hope you can see why I wanted to take this break in Genesis this week of Genesis volume two, just to speak to you on this as we get ready to reopen. Reopening the church and how we move forward are not going to be easy. We're going to need you to engage and you, you need to give and serve and be a part of the family. Let me encourage you with a thought here. During difficult times, 
is when we tend to grow the most both as individuals but also as a church as a whole throughout history we've seen that in fact sometimes it's during the easy times when life is so good and there's no problems that we grow the least over the last 2,000 plus years when Christ's church has been in persecution the church has grown and done so significantly during that persecution Christ's church has seen war and grown in the midst of that. Christ's church has seen famine and grown in both numbers and spiritual depth during that famine. Christ's church has seen its leaders and its members arrested and thrown in jail and tortured and even killed, and it's grown all the more. We've seen that in our time. Even dark times like the Black Plague and in the Middle Ages and the Spanish Flu in 1918, not only did the church grow in total numbers of those being saved and added to the church family, listen to me, it grew deep in its spiritual maturity. With this current situation, I have no doubt that that is what God wants to do with his church today. If COVID-19 was meant by Satan to kill, steal, and to destroy. I'm convinced that God, in his sovereignty, wants to use this pandemic to reach the world that is headed to hell without the gospel. Do you think that God may have the world's attention with this pandemic? I do. I think we stand at the edge of a great awakening, a time when the gospel spreads like wildfire and we see good Bible-believing churches grow and evangelism and discipleship really start to kick into high gear. But that is going to take you, real Christians, like you engaging at a deeper commitment level to Christ. It's going to take sacrifice of giving and serving. It's going to take dads leading their families in a new and deeper way. To be a spiritual leader, dads and moms, means that you have to be in a place that you can lead your family to. It's going to take all of us personally growing in our faith and pulling close to Jesus and at the same time helping other people around us grow into full spiritual maturity of following Christ. Finally, let me end with this thought. Together as individuals and as a church family, coming together as the body of Christ, what we do over the next few weeks and months is critical for our church. You see, I want to not only protect the unity that we have, I want to grow the unity even more. And when the church operates in unity on this firm foundation of the gospel being our Savior and our Holy Spirit of God moving through us it, with Jesus, what Jesus promises us in Matthew 16, 18 happens. On this rock, I will build my church, Jesus says and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Get ready, church. Jesus is doing some great things with us. He wants us to ram the gates of hell and go rescue the lost and the hurting inside. Will you do it? Will you be a part of it? Well, let's pray. God, our Father, we've just wondered why at so many times that you've just allowed this pandemic to occur. 
God, there are a lot of people hurting right now that are listening. Some that are sick, many that have lost jobs. Money is tight right now, God. But God, we trust you. We trust your sovereignty. We trust your purposes. We trust your plan for our lives. God, as individuals and as our our church body, both of us together, we submit our thoughts and our actions to you. We humbly ask that your Holy Spirit show us how to think, how to act. Use this pandemic for your glory, God. Use this fallout to turn people's hearts to you. Father, we trust, even though we're a little scared, we trust you, we pray that you build your kingdom through us, Bent Tree Church, and your church worldwide. God, give our church, Bent Tree Church, this unity about how and when to reopen and how to reach the world, how to develop our, uh, our, both our evangelism and our discipleship. God, we pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it is in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. We all prayed and said, amen, amen.